From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. Important topics today, two parts of the podcast, news and headlines and what's going on around the country, around the world in segment two. Segment one, Mary and I will be talking to Mark and Amber Archer. They've been on before. You may remember our interview with them on The Mind Polluters. Uh, Mary just watched it last night and she's still detoxing. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. it is phenomenal. Yeah, the, it is. This is so important to get this out there, friends. But they are a husband and wife filmmaking team. They founded Fearless Features, and you can get the website fearlessfeatures.org. Please follow them, support them. They have over 30 years of production experience, and they want to share the hope in Christ around the world through films, documentaries, podcasts, and their goal is to educate, motivate, and inspire believers to get involved in their local communities to defend their families and biblical values. Mark and Amber Archer, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, hey, hey here we are. Yeah, so good to have you. Uh, first, let's just kick off with where you're at now. Uh, then we'll go back, talk a little bit about the mind polluters. We'll talk about what you've been doing you know, in the last year, your speaking engagements. But you've got a new project coming out at the end of the summer, and we will have you back to talk about it. It's called Dysphoria. Uh, please share a little bit about that. Yeah, so dysphoria is uh, to the transgender subject what the mind polluters uh, is to graphic sex ed um, and pornographic library books. It's it, it exposes the roots of the transgender movement, where it came from, what they're doing, how it's infiltrated the schools, and just uh, it, the social contagion that it's become. Mm-hmm. It's a little little bit different uh, in that it's it's okay. uh, we have several several stories, um, whereas the mind polluters is just a lot of it, uh, kind of information download. But there's a lot of personal stories of families dealing with this. Toss it over to Amber. Continue from where Mark left off. This important topic and why it's necessary to get this information out, not only to the, the Christian community, but to concerned parents and families. Well, I think uh, with the mind polluters and dysphoria, when we when we talk about these issues, I think a lot of us, we are busy living our lives every day, yes. and these things are not necessarily on our radar because we're just... We're trying to take care of our families. And what's happening is when we're sending our kids off to these, the government public schools, they're being indoctrinated against the beliefs of us as believers mm-hmm. and being taught on a completely different worldview than yes. what we adhere to. And so it's corrupting the very fabric of our families and our nation and just destroying everything that is good and righteous and godly and honorable. Mm. Amen. Absolutely. And I want to emphasize that. I like the way you led into that saying, we have just been a little too busy, Mm -hmm. uh, preoccupied, because we're just trying to take care of ourselves, our families, and live our lives. But we can no longer be on the bench, so to speak. Mary, do you have a question for them? Oh, you know, I I just, the mind polluters. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. (laughs) That that title doesn't even do it justice. I don't know what you would have called it, because there's so much more to it than that. The history and the context of the war on children, I learned so much how far back this goes in seemingly a conservative culture, um, I, I was just completely, um, I knew some of it. You know, it's not like I didn't know any of this was going on. But I just want to say I so appreciate all the incredible work you went into this. Yes. And if people really, really want to know where this all started and how much deeper the rabbit hole goes, I would suggest, I would recommend the documentary. As hard as it is yes. to watch some of it. Um, still, the information is just unparalleled. So really quick, you can go to StandUpForTheTruth.com if you're already on the website listening to this podcast. You can go to the search and type in The Mind Polluters. You can hear their previous interview with us when that came out. But I encourage you to sign up for their newsletter at FearlessFeatures.org, <laughs> FearlessFeatures.org slash newsletter, or right down at the bottom of their homepage. 
Um, Mark and Amber, uh, we also wanted to talk about some other things news-wise that are happening. This is a heavy topic, too. We're going to get back to mine polluters because Mary has a bunch of questions about that. But the governor of Indiana, I'm saying what took them so long. Um, Most of our listeners are aware of the warped worldview and the perverted sexologist that Alfred Kinsey was. And that between Margaret Sanger and him, they really paved the way for pedophilia, adultery, homosexuality, and just all things. All things LGBTQ and sex education, so to speak. But the governor defunded, um, apparently, the Kinsey Institute. This is a brand-new article just came out. Uh, just share your thoughts on this. Yeah, we're, we were pleasantly surprised, as you were. Um, the, the, in fact, most of us didn't really know that this was in the works. Um, there were other things that we were that we were rooting for some of our new representatives in the state legislature that were going after the obscenity loophole mm-hmm. in Indiana state law, which is which is discussed in the mine polluters, and it's prevalent in most other states uh, in the nation. But the um, the defunding of the Kinsey Institute was was a bit of a shock to all of us, and we just we we celebrate it. Um, you know, you have to give credit where credit is due. Eric yes. Holcomb. Has he has been uh, not great on a lot of things as a Republican, but he has he has come through on some things, and he, that he did sign this. They that what they did was they they took it out of the state funding because it, the the Kinsey Institute is part of Indiana University, which yep. is of course funded by the state of Indiana. So yes. they went in and they said you can't you can't fund the Kinsey Institute with state funds anymore. Yeah, what took so long? That, yeah, that's I my know. question uh, too. I, I mean, know. this yeah, has been going on. When did the, the the institute got up in the 1950s? Is that when it got up and wow. running? Or anyway, well, uh, it, it's been a Kin- while. You know, Kin- <clears throat> Kinsey wrote his first book in '47, so you know he was funded early on by. Uh, I don't know at what point it really started getting funded by the university, but he was he was at IU, yeah, uh, all through the 30s. And yeah. that's when a lot of this was going on. Well, that's the time that Margaret Sangam was was birthing <laughs> Planned Parenthood's uh, abortion clinics um, in uh, minority neighborhoods. And that's another story. But back to Kinsey. Last year, I believe it was, Mark and Amber Archer, they were, Kinsey was presented, I mean, he's dead. Um, he was presented a bronze statue at uh-huh. Indiana University. Did you remember yes. that story? Yes. And yes. you're, you're mm-hmm. thinking, wow, this is, is so amazing. There are people that are so committed to his, his godless, perverse, uh, quote, research. And it was not research. It's child abuse. Mm-hmm. When, when you're, t- you're talking about what he did to children and, and even infants, um, and, and here they are celebrating this man. Uh, share, share, Amber, share your heart on this. Well, it was it was just really disgusting to see. And what was so fascinating about it is on on one side of the spectrum, you have all of these warriors, some of our, our counterparts here in Indiana, who are just up and down the state of Indiana, showing the mind polluters, hosting screenings, and educating people over and over and over again, and helping um, uh, helping different individuals get uh, newly elected. I mean, this whole defunding came from a freshman legislator who just got elected in the fall. And so it's really exciting to see what's been happening and really awakening the body of Christ to see what's happening right in our own backyards and to really get engaged and involved to make a difference. So when the when the statue was revealed, we all kind of laughed, and now we really do laugh and we're like, and and see that yeah. you know there is there is still good that is prevailing. The Lord is in control, yep. and He will do what He wants. <laughs> but I want to again, friends. This is such an important topic, and there's no surprise that uh, this is going on. I I call it warfare. You know, the enemy uses technology too, isn't he? The prince of the power of the airwaves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, go, go go to fearlessfeatures.org. You can watch. At the front page, right there, the the teaser for mind polluters. You can also watch uh, the teacher the teaser teaser yes for dysphoria. And our friend Heidi St. John, who's been on the podcast many many times, she is featured in that teacher the trailer there teacher trailer. I'm getting I'm thinking about the school <laughs> system and teachers. So let's go there next, uh, Mayor. I know you had a question 
on the what's going on in the public schools, the government-run schools, and that I think a lot of parents don't know the extent of those who would want to access children um, at the youngest ages and try to influence them, try to affect them, try to control them. Mm-hmm. But you had a question based on watching well, mind polluters and what you've learned. I, I, I actually, the one the one question I really want to go for here is. Um, Jeff Childers has a premier blog that I read every single day without fail. It's called Coffee and COVID. Coffee and COVID. And he quotes a story from the Post Millennial, which is a Canadian conservative site. They had a uh, story yesterday. The headline is Trans kids prescribed more antipsychotic meds after beginning gender transition than before. The article describes the results of a new study written by pro transitioning researchers concluding that young people who start transition therapy tend to increase their prescriptions for psychotropic medications. Um, and here's, here's the, uh, just a real brief um, summary of this study. Among 963 gender, transgender or gender-diverse youth using gender-affirming pharmaceuticals, boy, Jeez. there's a euphemistic mess, yeah. Med- yeah. mental health care did not significantly change and psychotropic medications increased following gender-affirming pharmaceutical initiation. The most pronounced increases in mental health care were for adjustment, anxiety, mood, personality, psychotic disorders, suicidal ideation, attempted suicide. The most pronounced increase in psychotropic meds were SNRIs, which is serotonin and uh, norepinephrine, sleep medications, antipsychotics, and lithium. Um, the research uh, researchers bent over backwards to explain the results. Co-author of the study, David Klein, told the Urology Times, I didn't know that such a thing existed, that the study might appear to suggest transformers are more likely to suffer from psychotic conditions like schizophrenia. But he, he said, well, you know, you never know. It might just be because um, they can't sleep. Is there any way that if you repeatedly tell a little boy or little girl that they are not who they think they are and this little girl is not a little girl, you know, and she needs to let go of her biological reality, could that have something to do with a break, a psychotic break for these children? I mean, duh, I'm sorry. It sounds like a dumb question. I had no idea these kids were taking all these medications. Is what they're doing to these kids, is that just going to cause psychotic breaks? Do you guys have any thoughts on these drugs? Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I, uh, there was one mom, the new, the mom who were getting ready to interview Erin Lee out of Colorado and her horrific story of her daughter being, you know, indoctrinated in this art club. But there's one thing that she said in a, in a recent interview that we did with her. And she said, you know, it takes, it's only seven times that kids need, uh, before they really start to change their mind. And if you go back to the mind polluters and we start talking about, about that neuroplasticity, you're forming those new roads and ways of thinking. And so absolutely, I mean, just, just planting mm-hmm. the seeds of this deception yeah. and think about it. Who's the father of all lies? Say, these are, these are all lies that are being told to these children. It's not truth. You know, Satan is the father of all lies. Amen. And, uh, Mark, you want to add anything to that? Well, just the, anyone who's ever, uh, dealt with anyone, maybe themselves or someone that they know who has, uh, been prescribed with mood altering drugs, whether it's antipsychotics or even, uh, antidepressant drugs, the the side effects of all those they just compound on one another and when you take wow. you know what you saw happen down in in Nashville you know here is a the shooter at the Christian school you know yes. what what do we expect is going to happen when right. you take when you take a you know a a woman who is enraged already and pumper full of testosterone yeah and uh, you know it, it and add in, uh, you know, all of the complications tied to that. It, it, it you you can be sure of what you're going to get, and this is 100% orchestrated ultimately by Satan himself. He oh. loves this. Okay, I, Amber, I'm going to put you on the spot this time. Um, yeah. You, you mentioned lies, the father of lies, and we couldn't agree more. What's happening in our culture? But there's something in the Bible that says, "Thou shalt not lie." And uh, the question is, are Christians contributing to this deception by trying to, because we love and have compassion for those who are struggling, going along with transgender pronouns? What are your thoughts? 
You know, the the thing that I always tell people is I love you enough to tell you the truth because the truth will set you free. And, uh, you know, these going along with we're not supposed to be of the world. We live. This is not our home. And tell people the truth, because ultimately we are trying to take people with us to eternal life. And, you know, so telling people the truth, going along with these pronouns is really not helpful. It doesn't help anybody. Mm-hmm. You're just perpetuating the lies. Right. Right. I have, and I have a you question know. for you as far as um, the public schools go. I mean, as I watched your documentary, I thought, Oof. I'm a parent, I'm a grandparent. Is this really in all the public school? I mean, is this across the board? I, I don't know if we all can answer that, but is this really in the public schools, period? Well, it's not just the public schools. And, and you can see that, especially when you start diving into social-emotional learning and all of the surveys yeah. through the schools. I want to get back to something you cover in the Mind Polluters briefly. Bring us up to speed because we have a lot of new listeners 49 out of 50 states, by the way, <laughs> that we found out. Um, we, we, do you know anybody in Rhode Island, you guys? I'm well, kidding. Hey, we're shipping to all 50 states. Okay, yeah. Um, but you talk <laughs> about the uh, graphic comprehensive sex ed in the mind polluters <laughs> and social emotional learning. There are a lot of Christians who don't understand what that is and what the heck that's doing in the government-run school system. Yeah, so social emotional learning is actually um, – changing the kids' beliefs, behaviors, and attitudes uh, through these programs and lessons. And so what we learned is, is just how dangerous it is. And I think there's now new um, – you can go on to CASEL. I think it's CASEL.com, C-A-S-E-L.org. And that's the big driver of it. Okay. Um, so just it's not just the public schools but it's predominantly right now the public schools mm-hmm. and that's why i think you know christian parents need to be so aware because mm-hmm. it is going to indoctrinate their kids into an, a different worldview and change their beliefs and behaviors and who's a safe space and who's you know oh, who's going to tell them the truth yeah and I, I really zeroed in on that when i got to that part of the documentary the uh, social emotional education this explains an awful lot because what it is for people who don't know is is Children are being trained to react with their emotions to pretty much everything. And you, you take that and you indoctrinate these kids with that alone, and now there's no critical thinking. There's no thinking at all. It's just <laughs> response. And when you're on social media and you meet these young people as they get older and older, you engage these people on social media. You know exactly, because they will not talk with you. They will not They'll talk. They'll shut with, you down. They'll yeah. shut you down. There's no such thing as discussing an, an issue like well, an they adult. Can't, they can't handle the truth. They, they can't. They can't handle right. opposing views. And they don't even know what, they're, what they believe any, anyway. It's yes. all based on how they feel. So I, I want to thank you for putting that in there. It does describe these young adults now who, who just, they melt down at the thought of having to discuss an issue with someone, and it's all about how they feel, and I thought that was really yes. brilliant to have that in there. Thank you, guys. Um, the other thing is, you, you talk obviously about pornographic content and the sexualized uh, education that they get, and wh- whether it's <laughs> uh, uh, health class, uh, sex ed, math class, or history, they're getting it. Uh, it's in every subject. But what about pedophilia? You mentioned there were some materials that uh, had to be pulled or that you had uh, found out that they were in some schools there. Tell us about that. Well, the, you know, the, the pedophilia and its connection with all of this is, it, it, you want to, you want to go really down the rabbit hole. I'll take you, I'll take you just a, a short distance down. <laughs> um, you know, when the one guy that we talked to, um, Craig Sawyer with Veterans for Child Rescue, he's former Navy SEAL and he runs an organization, and all they do is assist law enforcement in taking down pedophile rings. And to hear him talk about and draw such a clear line between how the grooming process is done in the classroom and how the grooming process is done by pedophiles who are preying on kids to entrap them into, you know, sex trafficking and, uh, and, and worse, um, it's it's a natural it's a natural end to this process because uh, the when when someone gets uh, addicted to pornographic content and it is an addiction yep. and they increasingly need more and more perverse content because the the high wears off and they need something even stronger. 
And so it very quickly leads to, you know, uh, for men, uh, even straight men, it leads to wanting to see pornographic content with younger and younger girls. And then you add into the, the perversion of homosexuality to that. And to hear Craig talk about it, he said when they when they put out you know uh, an ad on these back channel social media sites and chat rooms to to try to uh, draw in these pedophiles, mm. if they put out a, a an ad for an underage girl, they'll get a fair number of uh, of responses. If they put out an ad for an underage boy. As he compared it to, he said, it's like sharks in the water. Wow. It's, it's like sharks to blood. Mm. They, they're just like a feeding frenzy. So it's uh, the, the, the pedophilia is the seedy underbelly that, that a lot of people don't want to talk about, but it is very, very real. And that Alfred Kinsey helped almost normalize um, due to some of his oh, yeah. Well, Kinsey himself research. was... Yes, yes, and he put out put that out in his quote research. And whenever you mention Alfred Kinsey, you got to put research in air quotes because uh, I'll let you des- describe what that is and what what he did to get that kind of dumbed down. And, oh, okay, I see. Humans are just sexual beings, and it happens as soon as we're born and at the earliest ages. Yeah, he was notorious for trying to make the case that you know children were all born sexual at birth. Yes, and that's where the whole foundation of this comprehensive sex ed that our kids are being taught in the schools. That's where it all comes from, of this notion that, you know, they're sexual from birth, they have sexual rights apart from their parents, so of course you can hide all these things from your parents, and that's why they they are trying to get to the kids younger and younger. Uh, I actually sat on in in on a, um, a Zoom meeting of the National Sex Ed Standards, which has been pushed you know, all across the country, and they keep trying to work with the Biden administration to get it uh, mandatory Mm. in all of the schools. But I sat in on one of their uh, Zoom meetings during the COVID, and one of the things that their their representative said was, we need to continue, we need to push for younger and younger kids before their, you know, their Christian beliefs and characteristics become uh, immutable. You know, mm. and so they're they're targeting younger and younger kids, and you'll continue to see this this sex education and this sexualization of children to younger and younger grades. So we only have five minutes left, Mark. Before we got on the air, you were telling us about you know you guys go out and speak and share mind the mind polluters and your your documentaries, what you're working on, and and these important topics with um, concerned parents, families, Christian audiences. Tell us about some of the warfare and that some of the censorship, perhaps, that you've experienced because of this. Yeah, so we've noticed for for quite some time that we've been heavily suppressed on social media, but you know. It's hard to kind of prove that because, you, you know, how can you really prove something like that? But over the weekend, we were speaking at a church here in Indiana, and they invited us up for both hours. So the first hour, uh, and they live-streamed their services. So the first hour, together on stage, we were sharing our testimonies and how we came to Christ, how we met, how we formed uh, our filmmaking ministry and um, then the second service, uh, I was getting ready to go up and uh, and speak, and I was pulled aside by the uh, tech guys, and they said, by the way, the first service and this service were both censored by Facebook and YouTube because your names were in the title. And, wow. Uh, and then the pastor got up, and as he was introducing me, he told the congregation, uh, you know, by the way, um, just based on their names being in the title, YouTube and Facebook have shut us down. The tech guys went and quickly retitled the service and restarted the stream, and they were able to stream, uh, you know, the, the full message. But that was the first time for us that we had seen it that blatant. Wow. And it was obvious that just taking our names out of it made it okay. And... 
you know, to be censored before you even get to speak is is a, a new it's a new achievement for us. Yeah. Actually, we're quite proud. Yeah, yeah. you guys, you, wow. you have a reputation. You're you're troublemakers for the truth, uh, yes. ex- exposing the darkness yeah. and uh, trying to defend the truth in the kingdom of God. Mary, yeah. we only have three minutes left with you guys. Uh, last question, or I know that uh, yeah, we, we're going to do this again in, yeah, in yeah. a well, couple months. As far as parents, how? Oh, <laughs> you know, parents need to be so much more vigilant than they even imagine. And what's the best way for parents? Should they go to the school board meeting? Should they find out what's in the library? Find out what's in the curriculum? Is that a good place to start for? Or, or get your kids or get your out. kids out? Depending on what what your yeah. options may be. Again, depending upon you know your school district and where you are, mm-hmm. I absolutely even if you don't have kids in the school, show up at the school board meetings to find out what's going on because a lot of times you know people who have the time to go maybe retired, grandparents, whatever, they could go and sit and, and be the eyes and ears for their grandchildren, for their children, you know, um, but absolutely, I mean, if you, it, depending upon where you are, there are still some good school districts around, however, um, you know, the, the teachers unions are absolutely all on board with yeah. pushing this into the school, so you, there's not a whole lot of choice. You're not going to be, it's not going to be good for long, even if it is a good True. school. So if you can pull your kids out, great. If you can send them to a private Christian school or charter school, great. But absolutely, it, it's, but that's not a fix-all either. You just have to be very vigilant and, and stay aware of what your kids are learning, who their friends are, especially, mm, Yes. and, and what, what's being taught in the schools. Wow. But school board meetings... But school board meetings, 100%. Make sure you go, if you can, attend. And then, you know, friend influences are are one of the big drivers of all of this agenda as well. It took drag queens, I think, to wake up a lot of parents around the country. Not enough, not enough, not enough, but Mm -hmm. a lot of parents. Um, We have to confront this evil, friends. And we are thankful for fearless features Mark and Amber Archer for doing this, for confronting this, for exposing the deeds of darkness and shining a light. As Christians, we are to be the light of the world. Well, we cannot ignore that this is happening anymore. They have access to our children at the youngest of ages. So, uh, Mark, I have one minute left. Final word? Uh, just to echo what Amber said, you basically have to become those parents. Mm. Right? You just you yeah. have to be vigilant. Yes, and and you know, I like to give people specifics. You know, when they say, "Well, what am I supposed to do?" Well, you know, you can uh, you can attend the meetings. You can ask. You know, the questions. You can uh, you can you know just look at their homework. Even if they don't say they need help, look at their homework and yeah. and with a critical eye. You know, we're we're the, a generation yet. That still knows how to think critically. So yes. question those things. Mm-hmm. Be afraid to ask. Yep. Yep. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Thank you for all that you do. Mark and Amber Archer, when we come back, talk about some good news, talk about the border, Christian schools, and more on Stand Up For The Truth. Feedback, questions, and topic suggestions are always appreciated. Email us at comments at standupforthetruth.com. Guys, we're, uh, we apologize for the, just the, the quality issues, the, the uh, problems we've had with some guests. Um, and it's not, not necessarily them, but there's Internet issues, there's connection issues. And I know you understand you listen to a lot of live uh, programs or podcasts, I'm sure. But um, there is uh, some good news. There's a story. By the way, fearlessfeatures.org. Please remember to subscribe to their newsletter so if they get censored on a couple outlets, you know when dysphoria is coming out. God willing, we will have them back uh, in uh, late July or, or August uh, when dysphoria comes out. What, by the yeah. way, Mary, you looked up dysphoria. Yeah, I just, I'm always fascinated by the Greek and Latin underpinnings of words. And, and so I looked up dysphoria, and it's, it's a state of unease or generalized dissatisfaction with life. You know, well, if, that's if, what children are taught to be, not just with life, but with themselves and their own right, bodies. Right, and it gets worse and worse with each generation. But I think, you know, the Holy Spirit causes that unease in us because something's missing. And we need Jesus, no matter what we're dissatisfied with or we're restless. It's an evil, wicked world. I, I was restless as a teen. Mm. And so now we're shutting out the Holy Spirit working in our lives with all these other things that are actually destroying these kids and, and they're erasing one human and putting another one in its place. This is 
unbelievably wicked. Okay, so I want to share a good news story. Yes, thank you. We Please continue. Do. Uh, there was a teacher that was, I guess, suspended, fired, ousted for opposing a book with perverse sexual themes, LGBTQ issues and themes. Uh, the good news is, I guess it went to court. The teacher was, yeah, Alliance Defending Freedom represented them, this teacher, uh, uh, and they're back. They're Lindsay Barr from Georgia. Um, she is back in the school, but uh, she was also awarded a settlement of uh, about $181,000. Uh, she objected to a book that had a same-sex couple in it, and it was read to children in schools. And, of course, uh, it was the picture book, All Are Welcome. And I think when I hear that, Mary, I think of how some uh, professing Christian churches have the rainbow flag waving outside mm-hmm. saying, and even, I've seen this on church marquees, All Are Welcome. Well, of course all are welcome, but what message are you trying to send? You're willing to, to, to compromise your doctrine to allow people into your church and not tell them the truth? Anyway, so this was good news. The teacher was reinstated because she believed in her family's values and faith, and she's a Christian mom. She spoke out. So not every story ends well. But in these cases, understanding the First Amendment, and that is a blessing in America for now, it's still a blessing, that First Amendment, friends. So that was a good story. But I'm also looking, on the other hand, happened to be my left hand, um, no correlation there, uh, <laughs> of a, a classroom pictures. Uh, this top classroom, I see the rainbow flag, I see a big Black Lives Matter poster, and I see a transgender flag. Uh, in And then they show another angle of the room. In nowhere in this school is an, an American flag. Uh, they've been taken down, or if they were ever up. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you, this is happening in many of your children's, if you still have children in the public schools. If you don't have children in the public schools, don't just ignore the issue, because you've got to try to help to raise awareness about this as well. Mm-hmm. So, Mayor, let's go briefly to the border. I just I couldn't possibly look up all the articles since Title 42 passed uh, yesterday. I mean, not passed, but expired, expired, expired. So just going to (laughs) share federal judge blocks Biden-Harris regime from releasing illegal aliens without court dates hours before Title 42 expires. Uh, Democrat in Arizona, the Democrat mayor said the border is wide open. But wait a minute. I think it was Mayorkas um, Mm -hmm. who said no, the borders is not open. That's right. It's not open. So we're seeing some conflicting information coming out. No surprise. CBP blocks reporters from seeing illegal aliens being loaded onto buses in El Paso. There's a video with that. I'm just going through some of the headlines here. Um, uh, illegal aliens discuss plans to sneak into U.S. as Title 42 expires. Let's see one. Let's see one more. Where was this? Uh, this other one. Um, you know, there's, there's just too many. There's just too many. So we know there are issues, friends, and again, what we can do. Oh, here we go. <laughs> the invasion begins, it says. Um, illegal aliens get free smartphones paid for by U.S. taxpayers. Um, some do not have court dates. Also, Biden's priority, keeping photos of illegal alien overcrowding in detention out of the news. They've done that before. But then I remember back in 2017, during the Trump administration, they used photos from the Obama years of detention right. centers that were overcrowded, and they made it look like that was happening when Trump was on watch. Children in president. cages. There were children, children, children cages. separated from their parents. Yes. That was all Come to news. find out that happened during the Obama yeah. administration. Oh, anyway, too much to get into with the border, and we I know you're going to hear that a lot in talk radio from conservative outlets. You will not hear that. If you do hear it mentioned, it will not be... Uh, fairly uh, un- and balanced in their approach on most media outlets. So, Mayor, let's talk about the Fed. Let's talk about money. Money, money, money. Uh, we were mentioning Fed now. Uh, I think last week on the podcast that something was going to go down in July. Right. Well, what do you have there for This us? is very interesting. Um, the headline is, The Digital Currency Monetary Authority, DCMA, has launched an international central bank digital currency. 
Um, this, this surprises me a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of techno babble here. I'm going to try and break it down for you as best I can. Um, digital currencies in the form of, say, Bitcoin uh, began around 2008. And the reason was the backlash for the bank failures, the housing failure. People said, we've had enough. We want a decentralized currency that the government cannot get their hands on. And we, the people, can use this to buy and sell. Okay, so that's where it's been all along. The whole idea now is to centralize it. And they are working feverishly mm. to centralize uh, digital currencies. So anyway, the universal the Universal Monetary Unit, that's an UMU, <laughs> symbolized as a U with two dots over it, so um, it looks like a little German letter, okay. can transact in any legal tender settlement currency and is designed to enforce banking regulations and protect the financial integrity of the international banking system. Also known as Unicoin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> who, 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 says, who does these things? Not, not to be confused with unicorn. That's right. UMU is powered by artificial intelligence, of course, and adopts a central banking monetary policy framework hmm. to ensure it has a continuous purchasing demand, minimal volatility, and then uh, some other techno babble here. Um, we're talking about cross-border use, retail use, a wholesale use, um, designed to work, like I said, within financial institutions. Uh, the DCMA, they're the ones that have uh, launched this. If I look them up, this is they're a world leader in the advocacy of digital currency innovations for monetary authorities, the powers that be, the, ec- the global economic system. They want to enable trade globalization. Um, uh, it says the first wave of cryptographic cash was designed for untrusted networks. Now, we are reimagining... The next wave of innovations. The Unicorn Network, also here is another definition. The Unicorn, Unicorns, yeah, I'm so close to saying Unicorn. <laughs> Unicorn Network is a decentralized international banking network open to central banks, retail and commercial banks, governments, and exchanges. I mean, that is an incredible step forward to go mm-hmm. from decentralized, you know, um, in, in your basement mining for Bitcoin with these huge computers to this. This doesn't happen overnight, so they've been working on it. But to actually come out and say that there's an international CBDC, wow, that's yeah. that's a fairly big headline. So keep an eye on that. Yeah, and yeah, what, what they're going to try to do to the dollar, the dollar, of course, there's people right. out there. There are characters and actors that are weakening on purpose the U.S. dollar. And, yes, it's uh, a perfect storm. So speaking of globalists, and this you might not think flies under that umbrella, uh, we mentioned Tucker Carlson and the possible show on Twitter that he might be doing. Uh, that's not a done deal from what I understand. But so when we go, well, thank, we're thankful for what Elon Musk has allowed now, more of a free speech all across the board on, on Twitter. But don't think he's the savior. Don't think he has your best interests at heart. He's a businessman and he's a very wealthy man. So back to this story over at The Blaze, the NBC Universal advertising figure, Linda Yaccarino, reportedly in talks about serving as CEO of Twitter, NBC Universal. So let's break this down a little bit. These are my concerns, too. She's the chairman of Global Advertising and Partnerships, and she's in discussions, apparently, with Twitter to serve as the CEO, according to the Wall Street Journal. Um, so Elon Musk announced yesterday that he has hired someone to serve as CEO of the social media platform. And, um, it says, excited to announce that I've hired a new CEO for X slash Twitter. She'll be starting in six weeks. My role will transition to being executive chair and CTO overseeing product software, uh, Musk tweeted. But let me go down a little further in this article. I'm glad that there are some media outlets reporting on this. And this is a concern because, I don't know, this woman, I never heard of her before, but Yak Carino is the chairman of the World Economic Forum's Task Force on Future Work and sits on the WEF's Media, Entertainment, and Culture Industry Governors Steering Committee. There's a long title for you. Wow. So she is highly engaged with the Value in Media Initiative. And... Um, we're just going to keep an eye on this because yeah. if you have any affiliation yeah. with the World Economic Forum and MSNBC, I think there was some also another connection with her and MSNBC. 
Um, this is concerning yeah. as far as the direction of Twitter. Okay. We thought, oh, this is going to be finally yeah. there's an outlet. Yeah. Uh, other than, I mean, there are more right. media outlets and, and social media outlets. There's Frank Speech. There's Parler. There's so many others that are now saying, hey, this is for conservatives. This is for all people. We're not going to shut you down. We're not going to censor. But here's Twitter that could be changing a little bit in direction. And I'm wondering... Anything to do with globalism yeah. or COVID or the vaccine or the World Economic Forum, right. will that now be censored right. down the road on Twitter? I'm just saying, yeah. watch that story. Well, I and mean, you don't get to where she's at without being a top-tier globalist. You don't just walk into the WEF and say, <laughs> can I have a job? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. So, Let me intern. Yeah, can I can I intern with you guys? <laughs> By the way, I'm, I'm a far-right extreme Republican, so what do you think of my resume? <laughs> You know, I mean, yeah, yeah she's a they globalist. Won't, they won't let you. There's no way that... Um, Interesting. Oh, boy. So on to the next story. Um, you've got one there. I'll get to this one. This is fascinating here in a minute. But let me get, hear what you have, Mayor. I, well, I want to talk about um, just something Hal Lindsey said this week that really ministered to me. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. You know, the Lord has used uh, Hal Lindsey over the years mm-hmm. to, to really draw people back into understanding and wanting to systematically study Bible prophecy. Yes. And even with that, a lot of churches do not. But he has something here called, uh, to mock the promise of his coming is to mock the Lord himself. He says, signs of the end of the age continue to increase in number and intensity. The Bible presents many such signs, including the surprising one in 2 Peter 3, 3 3-4. Know this first of all, that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. And he goes on to say, it's surprising because these people should know better. They are the ones who've heard about the coming of the Lord for years. They know something about the Bible. Many represent themselves as believers. They often belong to or lead churches, yet they choose to mock. And then he says, What's the object of their mockery? The Lord himself. Because think about this verse. It doesn't say where is his coming. It's where is the promise of his coming. Mm. So these are the Lord's own words. So now the fulfillment of that promise depends on his faithfulness, his truthfulness. They're not talking about, they're not mocking the coming. They're mocking the promise. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? I thought that was an incredible insight by Mr. Hal Lindsey and, um, He says, now, uh, unfortunately, individual churches and whole denominations eschew any mention of the Lord's return. Churches that once joyously taught the second coming now treat it like a bad smell. Mm -hmm. Ironically, they have turned away from the teaching of Christ's return at a time when the signs are flooding the world. And every podcast we do here shows you another aspect of these signs. And people are still mocking, but they're mocking the Lord himself. So I thought that was a very interesting perspective by by Hal Lindsey. So. Yeah, it was Peter that uh, taught, warned about mockers and scoffers. Yes. Yeah, that's prophetic. It is. Um, yep. Interesting story up, down in Texas with some legislation. Um, what they're doing, and this is a good thing, but you go, okay, whatever happened, whatever happened to God's law, Mayor? Um, Texas legislation would require the Ten Commandments to be posted in schools again. And you're going, okay, didn't we lose this battle? Um, well, and we gave up, I think. Mm-hmm. Remember in the 1960s, yeah. the early 1960s, 61, 62, yeah. 63, we let God be kicked out. Uh, Jesus was expelled. They removed prayer. They removed voluntary prayer, Bible reading. So the Bible, God, Jesus, Ten Commandments eventually out too. And look at what I just mentioned that's in the hallways of your grandson or daughter, your niece or nephew's public schoolroom mm-hmm. or hallway and it has nothing to do with biblical morality but so this this legislation in Texas critics are calling uh, a bill that would require the 10 commandments to be posted in classrooms an example of christian nationalism so now they've reframed that into meaning anything to do with god the bible mm-hmm. christianity Keep it out of the public square and get it out of our schools because they already did that. Mm-hmm. They expelled all this. They they removed all this. Mm-hmm. They have eradicated God and the biblical worldview for all practical purposes in the school mm-hmm. system. And that's been, what, 50 years plus. plus. So th- I'm thankful. It's called uh, SB 1515. It did pass in the in Texas Senate. Mm. Uh, it's going to the House of Reps. 
And uh, the quote, the bill will remind students all across Texas of the importance of the fundamental foundation of America. God's laws, guys. And uh, so keep an eye on that story. And I'm thinking, here's another quote, allowing the Ten Commandments and prayer back into our public schools is one step we can take to make sure that all Texans have the right to freely express their sincerely held religious beliefs. Well, let's talk about mindfulness. They were teaching Buddhism in cer- certain middle school, grade school classes because you know kids were having anxiety and some of them were acting out and whatever they thought. Well, how can we have... You can't bring God in, right? You can't bring the Bible. Let's find some sort of meditation that they can do. So there was actually schools that were teaching Buddhism and mindfulness in the classroom, and, and it gave them peace. They were meditating. The kids were going... And I'm thinking, okay, well, that's religion. So they didn't kick religion out of the public schools. They kicked Christianity, and right. therefore we have an ABC system, anything but Christ. Mm-hmm. So um, what else? Oh, Wicca. They actually have Harry Potter lesson plans. Why do I mention Harry Potter? It's witchcraft. Right. Go to the NEA website. Teachers can look up, at least they could, within you know the last 10 years. They were doing it for 20 years. Harry Potter lesson plans, talking about casting spells and the fun of witchcraft. And, and understand the church, the Wiccan International Group, the Church of Wicca, which is Satanism, is a 501c3. They are filed under a religious organization, and they are. They're Antichrist, they're Satanic, and it's a 501c3, so they're teaching witchcraft to kids yep. in the public schools. Why do I say this? I mentioned Buddhism. I mentioned, we heard... Islam. 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 They were yes. having kids bow, at, you know, and... They were and teaching the five pillars of yes. Islam as part of world history, yeah, right. world religions, and we we showed you those studies, we, we pointed those out on past podcasts, where we compared what were they saying about Islam or about other religions, and what were they saying about Christianity? Well, it wasn't a fair representation at all, no surprise to you and our informed Stand Up For The Truth audience, but this is what's happening. So they did not kick out... Religion. They kicked out the Judeo-Christian worldview, the Bible, and Jesus. Well, there will be lawsuits. You know that the liberals are going to come along and challenge that. But isn't that interesting? It is interesting. What, what did uh, Wayne Allen Root say yesterday? Christians play too nice. And we have. We always tried, and this is, I guess, maybe turning the other cheek or whatever. We always try to give people the benefit of the doubt, and those days are over. They're coming after, and they have access to, and they are... They are making disciples of America's children, mm-hmm. starting in the youngest of ages through the K through 12 and the university system. It's been hijacked. We understand that. And there's no such thing as an ideological or spiritual vacuum, because as soon as you take something out, something probably seven times worse will take its place. There's, and people need to understand there's no spiritual vacuum. And so even though they took something out, the Ten Commandments and all that, Look at what's rushed to fill the spot, uh, humanism, to say the very humanism. least. Secular right. humanism. Well, uh, John Dewey. John oh, Dewey yeah. was an atheist, socialist, humanist. Oh, my goodness. We could share quotes on, on humanism. It's um, the war. The war, the spiritual war behind the scenes is ever-present and ongoing. And we, humans are the spoils. They, they're, they're after the souls of humans, people made in God's image. And this war is ongoing, and it's 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 a... Uh, so frontline war. All right, let's let's um, end with uh, one more positive story out of Arizona. Um, the, there's a school board there that re, that had rejected. Now this is at the public schools, a major district in Phoenix, major area school district. They rejected Christian teachers for their schools. So, hmm, a litmus test. Well, if you're, and you can be anything except for a Christian and be a teacher now in the public school. You can be a Wiccan. You can be a yeah. Wiccan. You can be, of course, they'll welcome anyone who's LGBTQ or whatever, but you can't be a Christian. But anyway, um, they agreed to pay now. This district had to pay $25,000 to the Arizona Christian University because they had cut ties with the university due to their biblical beliefs. So this is interesting. Uh, it was a Washington Elementary School District. Now I have to agree to pay attorney's fees and reinstate its student-teacher partnership. And this was, again, thanks to the work of Alliance Defending Freedom. 
That was a lawsuit that was filed in March. So there's some good news out there, but it's so sad that we've got to fight even harder and we've got to go through some of these court battles to get what we have, the, the rights under our Constitution. Christians, we don't have special rights in the Bible. Right. But in America... We have this magnificent document called the Constitution of the United States, and we have the First Amendment, and it guarantees the freedom of religious expression that cannot be infringed upon. So the leftists have distorted that with their the second biggest lie in America, the separation of church and state, right? That's a lie. No, That is nowhere in our founding documents. It is not in the Constitution. It was in a private letter from Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptists in Connecticut in, I believe, 1802. It was in a letter for the phrase. And the leftists grabbed that, pulled it out of context, and have used that as a battering ram to keep Christian influence, the gospel, evangelism, discipleship, anything to do with influence of Christianity out of not only the government schools, but pu- the public yeah. square. Yeah. And they have fought this battle for over a half century. Well, we have just backed down. Now, I'm, I'm getting passionate about this again. That's one of the issues. That's our speech. That's our, our admitting, hey, we're Christians. We have a voice, and we should have a voice but we've kind of backed out of culture generally. Mm-hmm. I thank God for the pastors that are that are and that have been standing up for truth, for righteousness, for the gospel. Um, but there are some pastors, I was reading that, Eric Metaxas' book, A Letter to the American Church, phenomenally makes a lot of comparisons between America today and Nazi Germany in the 1930s. But one thing he says is, when did it come to be that the gospel was associated with something that had to be just on its own, apart from other biblical teachings. When did it have to be that if if you preach the gospel, you cannot also talk about moral, social, cultural, quote, political issues? There's no such separation. There's no such teaching to compartmentalize your faith and who you are as an ambassador for Christ. There's no such teaching in the Bible to hide your light, to not impact the culture around you in the sharing of the gospel and in, in in living out what that is. And so there's there's a lot of things that we, we have got a lot of work to do, but I, I loved that, that comment yesterday. Yeah, we've been too nice. Uh, the days of nice are gone. Look what they're doing to Christians, friends. Look what they're doing to good ministries. And ministries probably you follow, many of them, have been censored, shadow banned. They've been criticized. They've been accused of being racist, homophobic, transphobic, and a domestic what, terrorist, terrorist, right? They use these words. Yes, they're accusations. But who is the accuser of the brethren? It's Satan. Oh, so the yeah. Satan is using, he's using minions, and he uses human beings. He uses people to advance his agendas. And you've, we've got to wake up, understand the times. And Mary, i got to get off my soapbox and give you a word here <laughs> as we try to wrap up here. Sorry, too late. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> okay, sorry, guys. I just took over. All right. Um, uh, anyway, I'm taking a breath because Monday in studio, Scott Shera with some updates on the lawsuit of uh, medical personnel that uh, ended up uh, killing his daughter, Grace, 19 years old. Um, over a year ago, year and a half ago. And in studio, two days in a row, John Haller. Wow. He's uh, from Canada through Minnesota. He's coming through. He will be in studio with a Prophecy Update live next Tuesday. And I'm not lying. You will hear T.A. McMahon. Uh, I was supposed to be Wednesday, but next Wednesday, we will have Julian Appling Thursday, Pete Garcia next Friday. Mayor, God bless you, friends. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.